0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church Podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Also, I wanna welcome all of you here today. My name is Will, I'm one of the pastors here. At Elevate, and I've been praying for you all week. Been praying that you stay healthy and that during this time of of social distancing, that you wouldn't just be so distant from everything, but that you would still be connected, maybe connected through a text message group, or connecting with your friends and family through FaceTime or video calls, or connecting with the church and your church family through the Elevate Church app, that you wouldn't practice a social isolation, that you would just be distant but still be connected I think in such a time like this we're in this pandemic this uncertainty of time of how long it's going to be we're in this series today uh, that we're finishing up called Running with Giants. It's really uh, such a powerful series to be in that it just makes the people in, in the Bible in our Bible come to real life in such a tangible way that today we can learn from these people in the Bible and be able to practically apply that into our lives today. And I know over the last few weeks, it's been a blessing for me personally. I know I've connected with many of you online, and it's been a blessing to you today as well. And I pray that today uh, would be much the same for you too. But before we dive in, I don't want to miss this opportunity to, to recognize the miracle uh, that is Elevate Church. Really, uh, this is an amazing place, uh, but it's really uh, just so incredible to see just the the way that our lead pastor, uh, Pastor Colby and Kristen Atkins have just responded back to the call of God on their life some eight years ago to plant this life giving church in a city that needs it most. And I'm personally honored. I know my wife is as well to serve underneath their leadership to be a part of something like this that's bringing hope to our city. But This place is a miracle, and it's because the presence of God is here, and the presence of God is with you wherever you are joining us at here today. I'm excited to jump into God's word with you as we look at some ordinary people and see how God has used them in extraordinary ways. That's really what this series kind of brings to life for us. The foundational verse, uh, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, is found in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verse one, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Meaning because there's people who have gone before us, we can look to them. We can be strengthened by them to remove things that have held us back and that lets us run with endurance the race God has set Before us, as you read your Bible, as we've been in this series, uh, we realize that there's ordinary people that God has used in extraordinary ways. And that means that today God can use you and God can use me in extraordinary ways as well. So visualize this with me. We're running this race. We're running around a track and there's a huge crowd, and it's, it's loud, and you can kind of hear some cheers, but you really kind of can't make out exactly what they're saying. But from that crowd, this figure, this character, this person uh, starts to emerge from the crowd and get closer to you, and where you can start to hear his instruction. What are some words that this person would echo to us? What are some things that they would say that would encourage us to run this race that God has set before us over the last few weeks. We've looked at uh, people like Joseph. We looked at Joshua. And today we're going to look at John the Baptist. We're going to learn, what would John the Baptist say to us? How would he encourage us today? What kind of things would he say to us to strengthen us, to run this race, really with everything that's going on in our city, with everything that's going on throughout our nation and the world? What would John the Baptist say We're going to be in Luke chapter 7 today, but as you're turning there in your Bible, you're clicking there, if you're watching online or using the YouVersion app, however you are reading scripture, before we we get to that in just a few minutes, I want to take a few moments and provide some context. I think if we're going to learn what John would say to us, we should figure out who John is and maybe some more about uh, how he grew up, his Parents were Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth was a cousin of Jesus, or sorry, cousin of Mary, Jesus' mother. The angel Gabriel, uh, the one who visited Mary and told her about Jesus. Uh, you guys know the Christmas story. Also visited Zechariah in the temple to let him know that they were gonna have a child and to name him John. Zechariah was excited, but he also doubted. And the Bible tells us that he couldn't speak until John was born. And some of you pregnant wives out there are thinking, I wish that would happen to my husband. That is not today's message. Be easy on that. But it said that John was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. That John was prophesied about in the books of Isaiah and Malachi, making him really the only prophet who was prophesied about. After birth, he grew up and he spent some time in the wilderness. And when we're introduced to him in the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that he came from the wilderness dressed in camel's hair, eating wild honey and locusts. And that's why nobody's on the John the Baptist diet today. He preached a, a message on repent, repentance and baptism throughout the land, saying the kingdom of God was near as he was preparing the way. He was pretty bold. He called a group of people a brood of vipers. And to be honest with you, I actually don't even know exactly what that means, but it's pretty wild. He encouraged people, and he turned thousands of them to draw near to God. He was a guy who wouldn't pull any punches. He would just go around telling it like it is. This was a bold dude. And to be honest with you, he stood so firm in his belief and uh, stood firm in exactly what he believed in and what his message was. That if you were to ask me just a, a few weeks ago, if you knew that I was preaching this message today, like, hey, Will, what are you gonna talk about with John the Baptist? What would that, that be? I would have told you that I'm gonna teach everybody to, and challenge them to be bold, to stand firm, to speak up, to prepare the way. It was gonna be the best message that I've ever preached. Like thousands of people were gonna come to know God and at least one of you was gonna start eating wild honey and locusts. But the more I dug in, the more I prepared and was reading and praying to God, asking what he would want me to share, I was turned to a different part of John's story, where we're going to be at today, a part where it wasn't so much, was, where things weren't going so great. It wasn't sunshine and rainbows all the time. Like, there's a part of his story where there was some tension, there was some, some pressure. And scholars would say this is really kind of towards the end of his life, uh, that he was preaching boldly, and then we find it here in Luke chapter 3, It says that John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding this sin to his many others. So here we find John, this bold dude, this this guy who was preparing the way, living after God. And we find him in prison. Like, how about being the cousin of Jesus? That's got to be the greatest hall pass you could ever have, right? Like, you go to the show, and the sign says, sold out, and you just tell the guy, hey, I'm Jesus' cousin. And they're like, hey, we got a seat for you, and it's the best seat in the house. He was probably growing up thinking to himself, like, I'm going to be partners with the guy, the Messiah, the one who's going to save the world. So, of course, you're going to preach boldly. Of course you're going to call people a brood of vipers. Like, Jesus is your cousin. Like, you get thrown in prison, no big deal. That's my cousin. I'm going to be set free. So John, he prophesied about Jesus. He baptized Jesus. He lived his whole life for God. But in this moment, in this moment, he's in prison, and he's probably coming to think, like, Jesus, is, he's going to come and save me. He's going to come set me free, but at the same time, it wasn't supposed to be this way. I didn't live my life preparing the way for God to move through Jesus so I could be in in prison. I think John is trying to, in this situation, make sense of his situation. And I think that's where a lot of us are today, trying to make sense of our situation. Like what we expected to happen versus what we're experiencing, they're so far apart. They're so far apart. Have you ever had an experience where you're thinking like, wait, how how did it end up like this? It wasn't supposed to be this way. Have you ever had your expectations of what you thought was going to happen and then what's actually happening is so far removed? You can think, like, how could this possibly have happened? Like, where you stand right now is nowhere near where you pictured standing before. Our expectations aren't lining up with what we're experiencing, and our doubt begins to creep in. Discouragement begins to occur. Maybe it's an expectation in your marriage. Maybe it's an expectation in your your family or your finances, and you just get to this point where you're sitting there at the table at night, and you just think, like, what? Like, how, how did it end up like this? It wasn't supposed to be like this. This is not what I was expecting. And I think John's expectations were probably like, cool, Jesus is my cousin. He knows I'm in prison. He's going to be here in a few days, maybe rolling up on a donkey. He's going to set me free. But his expectations of Jesus weren't lining up with his experience as Jesus wasn't coming. I don't think thinking Jesus was going to save him was a bad thought. It just wasn't the plan. What about when our expectations aren't what we're experiencing with Jesus. What what happens to us, to our our faith, when our expectations of Jesus, they go unmet? Like you prayed and you prayed and you read your Bible and you worshiped and you were part of a small group and everyone's praying and you're you're coming to church and all these things and, and what you're expecting of the outcome to happen never happens. Or maybe Some things start to happen. You're you're getting a little bit encouraged, like, yes, 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 this is what's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. And I think John would feel the same way when maybe a visitor would show up. When his disciples would show up, he's thinking, like, yes, Jesus is finally here, but it wasn't Jesus. And maybe you're getting encouraged, but then all of a sudden you're still being let down. Or when you're on social media or you hear stories of how God is moving in someone else's life, like someone else's marriage is being, being saved, that their cancer diagnosis is they're being completely healed, and there's this amazing miracle, and you're, you're like, yeah, that's great. But when you sit there yourself, you're like, that's, that's not what I'm experiencing. And like John, maybe we begin to feel what many of us find ourselves feeling in this season right now, is that the season feels like a prison. And if you're being honest with yourself, you've got some, some doubt that's creeping in because your expectations of, of Jesus aren't matching up to what you're experiencing. You find yourself doubting and maybe even doubting the goodness of God. I wanna stop right here and say, the doubting doesn't make you a bad Christian. Doubting makes you human. Like even John the Baptist, as he's locked away in prison, probably expecting Jesus to come, to set him free, began to doubt. So how do we handle this? What do we do, John? What could we possibly do to handle our doubt, to deal with our doubt, to make sense of our situation? So how can we look to John? What could John teach us in this moment of, of doubt, of, of trying to figure it out? What could John teach us? We find this in Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 18. It says, the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Like, are you the guy that I think you are? Are you the person that I've been telling everyone about? Are you the person who I've lived my entire life for, or is it somebody else? And I don't think that this text is is saying that John was denying Christ in any way. I just think this text is showing us that John had a question. That John had a a question, that he was dealing with some doubts. And when we're trying to deal with those ourselves and, and make sense of our situation, we can find ourselves questioning. Like, have you ever had a question to God that made you question God? It made you doubt because of the discouragement. Because of the things that are going on, just this uncomfortable feeling, these scary thoughts that were happening, you were beginning to become discouraged. Now, I'm not going to spend the rest of our time today answering those questions or, or, or pointing out all those things to try to help you up out of your, your doubts. To be honest with you, we don't have enough time, and there's way too many questions, and I've got questions too. But what I, I do believe that as we question, that as we, we even doubt, those things, depending on how we handle them, can be keys to a deeper faith, to a deeper understanding of who Jesus really is, what his actual identity is. And so what would John tell us today? What would John echo to us to say, hey, keep running this race that God has set before you, and here's something that you can do. I think the very first thing that he would tell us is that we bring our questions to God. We bring our questions to God. As we're trying to make sense of a situation, as we're dealing with doubts, we bring our questions to God. John was probably discouraged. His expectations and his experience were so far apart, but he, he filled that gap with questioning God, by asking God, by bringing his question to God. The guys that are my small group, they, they know this. Like, we, we, we talk about this every single week, that it's okay to wrestle with these questions. It's okay to look at a passage of scripture like this and say, well, why would John question? Why would, why would he even be in prison in the first place? Where was Jesus? It's okay to wrestle with that. I think that's a, a great way that we can strengthen, we can start to learn, and we can understand, like, our current situation. It might feel like John's was in this time, that I think John would say, hey, it's okay to, to bring your questions to God. It's okay to not be okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. You can bring your questions to God. I think he would let us know that it's okay to wrestle with these things, to, to dive in to, to what God is saying about it. We just have to bring our questions to God. I think God honors our wrestle. I think God honors us when we question things and we bring it up to him and say, hey, we don't understand this, God. We don't understand. I think God honors that. But I believe that John would challenge us today to take our eyes off of our situation and to focus on our Savior. In this moment, John took his eyes off of his situation and he focused on his Savior by bringing his question to God. So here's what happens. John's disciples, they they get this message from him and they, they get to Jesus. And we find this in verse 21. It says, "...at the very time Jesus cured many of their diseases." illnesses and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. And then he told John's disciples, go back and tell him, tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. I think he added this statement in there to say, hey, God blesses those who are not offended when, my, uh, when your experience is not lining up to your expectations of who I am because he's serving a bigger purpose, that Jesus is serving a bigger purpose. We might think that if we bring our questions to God, that he's just gonna write us off, that he's just gonna be done with us, but check it out how, how Jesus responds. It's how he always does. He responded with truth. And with grace. I think the second thing that John would echo to us as we're running this race that we can can bring our questions to God, but the second thing that he would tell us is that we need to remember the promises of God. Jesus responds back to John's disciples by quoting the scriptures that were talking about himself. Jesus is saying, like, hey, here's what people have said in the past about me. That's me. That's that's who. I am. What we need to remember are the promises of God. You see, John would have received this message from the disciples and he would have got it. It would have made sense because he, he lived and breathed the word of God. Like he was so ingrained in what the scriptures were saying. He knew what was going on. We need to remember the promises of God. How do we do that? How do we practically remember the promises of God? It's by being in the word of God. You know the saying when uh, the best time to plant a tree was, was 20 years ago, and the second time the best to plant a tree was today. I think the best time for us to be in the Word of God was, was 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. What would happen if your expectations and your experiences I know, they're not lining up, but what would happen if you filled that gap with the word of God? Instead of filling that gap with the news, instead of filling that gap with all the, the media and all these things that are surrounding us so much, and instead of doing that, what happens if you filled it with the promises of God? Maybe you start reading the Bible more. You start a plan on the, the U version app with a friend or a family member. Listen, when God's word is not just a part of our lives, but it is our lives, it gives us life. And it changes everything. It helps us to deal with these questions that we have, to deal with the doubts that we have. See, John's expectations, his questions to God, they were answered by him needing to remember the promises of God. This is huge. Like when we bring our questions to God, when we remember the promises of God, we can begin to take that gap and to fill it in with the right stuff, to respond back with truth and grace of Jesus Christ. This is so powerful. This is how we can begin to to make sense of our situation in a godly way, to to shift to a godly perspective on what is going on all around us. You see, John's disciples, when they they first went to him, they said, hey, here are some things that are, are going on. They're telling John all this. And so John says, hey, go ask Jesus if he's who we think he is. And Jesus responded back, I don't know if you caught this, to the disciples. And he says, go tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. Meaning the experience that you are experiencing right now with me, this encounter with me, is changing everything. And I think that there are people that are in your life, that are in my life, that some of our closest friends, some of our our family members, that when we're dealing with doubt, when we're trying to make sense of our, our situation, that they're there to strengthen us by the experiences of Jesus that they have had themselves. And I think John's disciples strengthened John in this moment. And so let's kind of recount the story here. John's in prison. He questioned Jesus through his disciples. Jesus responds back. And once his disciples left, once John's disciples left to go back and talk to Jesus, Jesus took a moment. It says that there was a crowd that was gathered around. And so Jesus does what he always does. He turns to the crowd and he embraces them. But in this moment, he's edifying John. He's, he's talking about John and, and what the scripture said about John and, and really clarifying to those people who John, John was. And We find Back down in in verse 29, it says, when they heard this, these are the people that Jesus were talking to, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John. I think John would tell us that we need to bring our questions to God, that we need to remember the promises of God, but we also need to realize that our pain, it has a purpose, the doubts that we have, the, the prison we feel like we're in, the questions we have are all part of a greater purpose. This scripture that we just read says, shows that, hey, jo- that Jesus was telling them, like, hey, the race that John raced What he did, what he stood for, how he preached boldly, he gathered crowds, he had them repent and he baptized them that because of how John lived his life that ultimately was the reason to glorify God, that he was just preparing the way, he was doing what God had called him to do. Because of all of that, because of the doubts, because of his questions to Jesus that made him question Jesus, the crowd that day, they heard this and they understood that God's way was right. That the crowd, they heard Jesus speaking and they realized that John's purpose was to prepare a way and lead them to this moment. That John's purpose was fulfilled in this moment. And to be honest with you, that's our purpose too. That the pain that we're experiencing We have a purpose to it. Our purpose is to prepare a way to lead people to him so that people who are far from God can reach their full potential in Christ. That everything in our lives prior to knowing God is all about knowing God. And everything afterwards is all about making God known. When we doubt, when we feel discouraged, when we're trying to make sense of our our situation and, and it doesn't make sense, we put our trust in God anyways. And we realize that our pain, it has a purpose. I had to do this, uh, my family had to do this a, a few years ago when my, my brother and my sister-in-law were expecting their, their second child, my, my nephew. And uh, there were some complications in, in the pregnancy and there was just kind of this, these tense moments where we're, we're questioning, we're wondering what's happening and, and how are things going and is everyone going to be okay? And, and some 25 weeks into the pregnancy, uh, my nephew was born and, and things were, were, were scary and, and, and there were some encouraging times and there were some discouraging times and we're, we're questioning, we're beginning to wonder what's going on. We're trying to make sense of the situation we're, we're dealing with doubt and, and we were discouraged at times and we're asking God why and our whole family is just praying and our church family is praying and praying for a supernatural healing over his life. We're trying to make sense of it. But what we were praying for, what we were expecting wasn't what we were experiencing. And ultimately the outcome we hoped for, it never happened. And it was tough and it was hard. We've got questions to God about it and I still don't even necessarily fully understand. But when I brought my questions to God, when I started to dive into his word like never before, and I was reminded and strengthened by his promises, I realized that God was using the pain that we are feeling, the pain that we still feel for a purpose to bring our family closer together, to bring our family closer to him, to rely on him more than we ever have before, to support one another in mighty ways, to have friends that would just gather around us around those times to strengthen us, to encourage us, to let us know about the experience that they had with Jesus and all these times to strengthen them. We found ourselves praying to God with more honesty, with more, more passion than we've ever prayed before. And I realized as I was preparing for today's message that, that these crowd of witnesses that are, have gone before us have been teaching us things all along, that we can bring our questions to God, that we can remember the promises, and that our pain, it has a purpose. And through that situation with my nephew, I realized that there's always a blessing. It's just that the blessing is there even without the breakthrough. But we can bring our, our questions to God. When we're dealing with doubt, we bring our questions to God. We're trying to make sense of a situation we remember the promises of God. And ultimately, we will realize that our pain, it has a purpose. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? God, we thank you for these moments, God, that we can get, gather. God, these moments where we question things. God, where we're dealing with doubt, God, that we're, we're trying to make sense of a situation. God, thank you so much for being bigger than any question that we could ever ask you. God, thank you so much for being in control of every situation, of every season, of every sickness, of every virus, of every good time and bad time. God, thank you so much for the way that you've strengthened us, God, for the people who have gone before us, God, that we can learn from. God, that we can be strengthened by. God, that we can bring our questions to you. But God, that your promises stay true every single time. God, I pray that you would remind us and that you would reveal to us the purpose that we have through our pains. God, we thank you. We rejoice for these moments, God, that we share together. I know that there are those of you who are that you've got some unmet expectations you're at a place where you never thought you would be, let me remind you of the goodness of God, that our God is the, the God who would leave the 99 to go after the one Jesus told us. That so maybe you're the one. Those of you would say, I feel lost, I'm hurting, I doubt where I stand with God, that maybe you're to, here today and you realize that you've just never made that decision with God. To trust God as your Lord, uh, to, to have questions that you've never brought to him because you never really knew him. Jesus is the son of God who shed his blood for us that we could live, that he was raised from the dead so that anyone, including you, could have new life and anyone who calls on him could be saved. And I believe that God has been bringing you to this point that you didn't just stumble on to this link by accident, that you aren't just listening today by accident, but your purpose is for right here and right now, and that is to know who God is, that God's been answering your questions by bringing you to this moment, this moment back to him. And you find yourself in this moment, you realize that you need to place your faith in Christ, that you may have doubted before, but your questions for God that made you question God are, are being answered because today is the day that you believe. In this this moment of prayer together, I want to give you some language, language that you can whisper. I mean, you're in your home. You can yell it out. God knows you. God sees you. He knows your heart. You can pray this prayer right along with me. Say something like like this. Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I believe that you have died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And you are raised again to give me new life. Jesus, I turn from my sin and I return to you to receive your free gift of salvation. Today, I confess you as Lord and Savior and I choose to follow you, Jesus, with everything that I am. And it's in your name that I pray, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.